Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with the one and only Jonathan Flomley. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great this morning, Michael. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, every day is Saturday, and uh, I like this stuff. This is actually something you and I, people can go back on your playlist and realize that we warned people this was coming. Uh, you're going to kind of share what that is. Both, both share the good and the bad because the simple action that we're about to discuss doesn't necessarily mean pain. It might, uh, but also might mean strategic thinking. But, so let's talk about what's going on in the syndication space because, again, we told people this was coming. So uh, what are you seeing? So what's happening right now is that uh, a lot of syndicators have hit pause on distributions on their on their deals uh, in the last few weeks. And it's because interest rates have gone up and a lot of them have adjustable rate debt on their deals. And so their cost of debt service has jumped dramatically you know, nobody expected when they went into these deals that they were going to, they expected interest rates to go up, but they didn't expect them to go up like overnight the way that they have. So the the problem is for, um, for a lot of syndication deals that are relatively new, they haven't had the chance to carry out their value add program and raise rents yet. So, and now they're playing catch up. Right. So uh, you're seeing a lot of syndicators pu- putting, you know, put pausing their, their distributions. Now, this could either be happening for a bad reason or let's call it a, a less bad reason, uh, you know, but there, there are kind of two scenarios in which this could be going on. One is where the syndicator has no choice because the they over they underwrote their deal very aggressively they you know they bought a rate cap or that was too high uh, you know like too much room to move or they didn't buy a rate cap at all because rate caps are getting very expensive and they didn't want to buy one uh, and they rolled the dice um you know sort of like rolling the dice on insurance they didn't roll that they rolled the dice on uh rate cap uh and now they're scrambling to make their debt service right, and they're really in deep trouble, right? These are the these are the, could be the first dominoes to fall in terms of foreclosures and and that sort of thing. Yes. Um, the second group is, you know, which I'm happy to be associated with, is uh, well capitalized deals that have a lot of cash in the bank, but they they're out of an abundance of caution, they are pausing or cutting the distribution to preserve cash and make sure that they have adequate liquidity and that they don't impair capital and they don't dip into that reserve fund in order to to make distributions to investors because the, the reserve fund is what is going to get them out of this right the reserve fund is what is what is going to um 
enable them to carry out the value add and get the higher rents and then reach a point where they can start paying distributions again. Um, yeah. But this is this is what's going on. This is, you know, I've, I've had several uh, calls with uh, syndicators recently um, where they've talked about this. Several of them have mentioned that everybody they're talking to is pausing distributions. Uh, not everybody, but I mean, it's fairly common. You know, if, you're, if your deal is is of more, I guess, seasoned vintage, vintage, right, where the value add has been completed and you went in earlier and, uh, you know, you had fixed rate debt, then this is probably not an issue for you. Right. I think I think it may be a real issue in cases where, uh, you know, people bought deals, you know, three years ago uh, with fixed rate debt. They didn't think to buy a rate cap because they thought that this was not going to be needed because everybody was telling them interest rates will never go up. They'll never go up. They'll never go up. Um, look at the line, you know, yeah. look, look, it, it can only go one it only, way. It, can't it go, only goes it can't, down. It can't go the other way. You know, people who uh, it, listen to that. It can't. Yeah. I love that. It can't yeah. go the other way. It yeah. can't go, you know, so, um, or it won't, right. Was the other thing. Uh, but for, for people like that, who didn't buy rate cap, they may be finding themselves in a really yeah. sticky situation at the moment. So, uh, that's, kind of what's going on, you know, on the front lines of, of syndication at the moment. So so let's talk about being an investor. And, and again, I want to go back to discussions. Jonathan, you have an amazing playlist that people can go back and watch, watch our discussions for years. Uh, my first word of caution is as an investor, you need to figure out which, which camp you're in, right? Do you have a, a deal that's rather, um, that was done recently with bridge debt, into an environment that is uh, changed rapidly, right? Is that is that what the distribution is? Is this an older vintage, which you've already had some increases and they're just being conservative? As an investor or an LP, you need to figure that out because, you know, this, this is step one, right? And we've talked about this being step one. Step two is a capital call, right? If, and, and you need to figure out as an LP, are you in a deal that may need a capital call? Because they're, you know, the world changed or is it an operator that's got plenty of cash just being conservative and, and you feel good about not having one? Is it true that a capital call is kind of step two in these series of dominoes? Yeah. And I'd say, again, there's like, there's going to be like a really bad type of capital call and then a less bad kind of capital call, okay. you know, the less bad capital call, not that it's good, but the less bad capital call is going to be from, you know, the syndicator trying to refinance the deal. And now because interest rates are, are, rising they can't get as much proceeds as they had expected but you know the capital call is going to go to top up the equity you're going to be refinancing at a lower level of leverage which makes the deal safer and now you're set and nobody's going to be buying variable rate debt anymore either right so they're all going yeah. to get fixed rate yeah. debt so so you're it's going to be painful but your deal is going to be on a more solid footing right the, the bad kind of capital call is if they're calling capital to meet their debt obligations, right? Because they can't pay the debt, right? Okay. And that, that, makes sense. Is a, that is a scenario that is, first of all, it's just going to be the first of many capital calls, right? Exactly. Because, it, yeah. and and that that's a deal. That, and what's going to happen in that deal is it's going to unravel, you know, unless you have some white knight come in and and save it. But you're going to have, because what's going to happen is people are just going to run out of money uh, to 
fund these capital calls and then or, or they're going to stop or they're going to say like i'm not throwing good money after after bad or what have you and then you wind up in a situation where they can't cover and now you're you know you're and if you're if your uh, sponsor isn't deep pocketed and can't cover it themselves then uh, and you don't have an adequate reserve fund you know yeah. you're that, that's going to be a, a sticky situation so so you know, Hopefully, hopefully see. people don't find themselves in that position. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's, I, I could see that, you know. Yeah. Well, let's be real. I mean, we've been talking about this for a while. There are deals out there that we, we've said that deals are going to go that way. There will be some folks that lose properties uh, that get taken back over by the banks because they were just structured with unrealistic assumptions, very risk. Again, I think I've said this a hundred times. I saw in the commercial space, the same idiotic, stupidity that I saw in the residential market in 06. Short-term debt, uh, very variable rate debt with, you yeah. know, that could go up shockingly, horrible rent assumptions, prices only go up, rates only go down, just crazy assumptions. And there has to be pain. Yeah. As an LP, let's talk to those folks, right? So pausing distributions, you need to figure out good or bad. Capital call, good or bad. And these dominoes could be months apart, quarters apart, or if in a really bad case, close. And then the last one is the last step on the bad side is somebody takes over who isn't the operator uh, that you signed on. Is that kind of the dominoes well, on the bad side? I mean, look, the depending on the loan documents, the the bank could come in and it could potentially remove the the operator for a better okay. operator um, or a different operator, right? And uh, I, I don't see that as being so likely, but I mean, it's essentially putting the deal into like receivership of some kind, right? right? And mm -hmm. th that's not a great situation because the receivers never really run the deals very well, right? They're not. No, they become fire sales. I bought a couple of those last time. Yeah, because they're not they're not in the business of running of, of operating property, right? So, nope. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean that would sort of be the 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 worst case scenario. Let's call it. Now, I want to remind you, like the vast, vast, vast majority of deals are going to be fine, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't. It's not like the whole industry is going to crash and every deal is going to. Is going to no, get most will down. be okay. Very yeah. true. I mean, the vast yeah. majority of them are going to be just fine. Um, it, it's 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 really the ones that have the combination of aggressiveness and bad timing mm -hmm. at the very top of the market, you know, bad assumptions, overly aggressive, and then you layer on top of that, just you know, they bought they when the market stopped bailing out bad assumptions, right? So yep. um you know, if you were unfortunately in a deal like that, then you may have something to um, to to be concerned about. But what I would what I would do is, if you're now now, the, I think the better syndicators out there, you know, if they're stopping distributions, they're you know they're they're emailing their investors or explaining the situation. Communication. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, they're they're engaging in good communication. They're telling you exactly why, and hopefully, what you're what you're seeing is them saying, you know, we're doing this out of an abundance of caution. We have plenty of cash on the books, but we just want to make sure, you know, at, in this time of uncertainty, we don't want to get caught, you know, with our with our pants down, right? Mm -hmm. If you're seeing that kind of stuff, you know, obviously, who nobody wants to have their distributions paused, especially if you need that money to live on, right? But you're if you're if you're fortunate to be dealing with an operator like that, then I, I don't think your capital is, um, yeah is really in danger you're just you're just looking at being disappointed by the return 
mm-hmm. you're gonna that you're gonna get on the deal. But that's that's not the end of the world, right? This is risk capital after all. Mm-hmm. But but if you're if you're getting kind of mealy mouthed explanations from your from your you know syndicator uh, or bad communication, you know you, you probably want to get them on the phone and kind of find out what's going on. And and frankly, like I mean, these deals are structured so that if you it, you can't really get out of them, right? I mean, you don't, they're not, it's not a liquid asset, you know, asset. There are people out there who will buy LP positions, positions but they're, vul- yeah. but they're vultures. Yeah. They're not going to pay you what you, you know, if you, if you bought in at 50,000, they're not paying you 50,000, right? So, cause they want to be guaranteed a return. So they're going to be paying you 25,000 or 20,000 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can get out if you really have to, but um, you know, it's you're not going to be whole if you tr- if you try to go to one of those those players right so um you know just as always you know this is a this is a when you're making these investments like you know don't don't use money you can't afford to lose uh, yeah. as 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 generally safe a bet as multifamily is and i i know that you know i was just reading today that um BlackRock, I think it is. I mean, they're kind of doubling down right on this asset now, uh, mm-hmm. e- even as capital is kind of drying up. Um, you know, the insurance companies are pulling back, but some of the hedge funds are doubling down because they see this as a fundamentally safe asset. But you know, those guys are dealing with institutional investments. They're going in at low leverage. Like it's it's you know it's all Class A stuff. Like it's it's a very different uh, animal. Um, Nevertheless, like I just I don't want you to panic when you hear this or when you see your distributions being paused. But I, I think for additional peace of mind, you want to get to the bottom of exactly why. You need to uh, figure what out what side of the fence. Yeah. yeah, you need, yeah. And let's just let's remind people that we had distributions paused at almost all, if not all syndications, uh, kind of March, April of 2020. Right. Oh, the world yes. was changing. Oh, Everybody I mean, paused and that they started to come back on, I would say. Five six months later, they 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 came back when we figured out everything was okay. Well, and again, I mean that was so for for deals, you know, for some of your C deals, they never came back because Mm -hmm. some of those deals, uh, you know, those renters were the ones who didn't pay their rent, right? And so some of those some of those deals were were pretty you know strapped. Um, But I think for anything that was a higher quality asset, you know, once the initial shock of everything shutting down passed and and operators realized hey we're still collecting rent and frankly like everybody's just working from home and they're getting yeah. their paychecks yeah. then then like yeah everyone breathed a sigh of relief the the difference though now is that you know the cost of operating your deal has just gone up if you had That's if the you key. had exactly if you had, exactly. if you had variable rate debt right your 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 income hasn't gone up Especially if you haven't done that value add yet, um, but your uh, you know your cost just went up, and and, and you know, maybe in a sense, I mean, you could be you could be better off in a situation where the value add hasn't happened yet because there's still some upside left to the deal, mm-hmm. right? If you've already done the value add and you're kind of you've you've reached kind of like your the income level that you're going to get absent just natural rent growth from here on in, and suddenly your debt cost has you know doubled right you're i mean that's it that's that's it it is what it is from now on right so Mm um you just have to lower your expectations as to what you're gonna get from this uh from this asset i like it 
Well, Jonathan, uh, thank you for bringing this to us again. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It could be a very wise and strategic thing that your operator is doing this. I would caution you. It's your job, your responsibility as LP is to figure out what side of the fence you're on. I will reiterate that most deals will be okay, but there will be some tragic stories, no doubt. Uh, and again, I the assumptions I saw the last 18 months in multifamily was the same assumptions I saw in residential in 06. It was, it was pretty comical. I do want to make one more point before we close this segment, which is that, you know, if you look at investment assets, right, mm -hmm. periods of high returns always followed by periods of low returns and vice versa, right? Mm -hmm. And and the the reason that that exists is because at some point in the market, you buy at the top and then the market crashes, right? And, and I think a lot of investors, I've certainly seen it, I mean, let's be honest, multifamily investors, there's only been a few people out there who have been saying like, hey, this isn't going to last forever, right? Most people are out there saying this is going to last forever, right? Agreed. And where you did see people warning about, you know, we're going, to, you know, the, the, where are we, the 2020s are going to be a period of depressed returns. They were in the equities market, right? And they were, you know, so those kinds of investment managers, some of them, again, I mean, there, there's a lot of, you know, happy talk too, but there, but I was seeing some people commenting saying, Hey, look, if you look at history, We've had this extraordinary run in the 2010s. The 2020s are likely to be a depressed return environment. But also the way you have to understand that too is like if you invest after the crash, then you have a high return environment, right? Or at least you have at the worst kind of flat, right? The problem is when you invest at the top, right? So, and that's exactly what we're seeing now where for those people who invested at the top, you're going to see seriously depressed returns because- Cap rate, you know, you've got the double whammy of interest rates going up and cap rates also going up, right? And they're and I don't think cap rates are going to come back down to the same level that we saw them at 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 the peak in 2021 or early 2022, right? Mm -hmm. So if that was if your exit cap rate assumption was based off of that extraordinarily low cap rate that people were buying at last year, then I, I think that these deals just are not going to perform the way that they were projected to, right? And and they're going to wind up being kind of like the dud in your portfolio, right? So, uh, and if you invested in a lot of deals at the top, you're going to have a lot of deals that just don't perform yeah. all that well, right? But you should not let that discourage you from further investments because the only way you make it back is in getting back in at the bottom, right? If you if you're if you're saying like, oh, well, that didn't work out. I'm never doing that again. Like that's really the wrong attitude to take. Mm -hmm. The way, this isn't doubling down. This is, you know, doubling down is dumb. Um, you know, this is this is looking at the market and understanding that, you know, after you've had a big correction, you've you've actually, the market is much less risky. You've actually de-risked. So it feels risky to people because they've just suffered a loss, but it's actually far less risky than it was at the top. And when everyone's feeling good, and so the time to to get back in so that you can essentially dollar cost average out those losses is to get in at the bottom and have some real star performers that make up for the you know for the duds that you invested yeah. in at the top right so um so don't be discouraged you know st stay the course is what i would say opportunity is absolutely coming mm -hmm. i mean i i don't think there's anybody out there who doesn't think that opportunity is coming uh and you know the pain will be limited to the kind of like badly structured deals that were bought at the top. So just keep that in mind. 
Jonathan, you want you run an amazing Facebook group that is uh, very active. What what is that? People can follow and let them know uh, they is, came from yes. Alret. Yeah, please uh, go to Multifamily Investment Community on Facebook, uh, and um, please, you know, there's some questions you have to answer. Uh, I really require people to answer them. I don't let you in if you don't, because in invariably the people who I let in who don't answer the questions are the people who spam the group with some, you know. BS about I invested in stocks with this dude, and, you know, the, mm -hmm. some link to some spammer. So answer the questions uh, and I'll let you in. I also, if you want to join my mailing list, I have this, I haven't showed this for a few weeks, but I have oh, yeah. this uh, free download, the ultimate checklist to getting your first hundred unit deal done with other people's money and getting paid to do it. Um, this is a, this is a gosh, 40, 50 page, 57 page checklist that takes you through every single step of finding deals and syndicating them and growing a real estate business. So if you're interested in getting that download, go to apartmentinvestorsclub.com and uh, you'll be able to find the download there. And definitely go get the download. It's free. I got it. It's amazing. I learned a lot of stuff. Jonathan plays in a space that I have never done. So Jonathan, thank you for uh, educating and giving so much. Absolutely. You're welcome.